Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Because I want to introduce all three speakers at once because they're just going to come up and give rapid fire. I want you to get behind them because they're some of our own, all on different journeys and walks of faith, but they're going to bring the Word of God today. It's going to be powerful and effective to your hearts. Uh, the three people today you're hearing speak is Jimmy, who's going to come up first, and then Kate, and then Emma. We've called this Unbox because they're just going to lift the lid on on the box of God that, that have been in and, and on your life in Jesus' name. Will you welcome Jimmy as he comes? Come on. Good morning, everyone. How good's God, eh? So good. Um... Today, I'm actually here to sell magnets. I've got a magnet in my hand. No, Gavin, not really. No, I've got this magnet in my hand, and there's so many quirky and colourful magnets out there, and don't know about you guys, but our fridge is absolutely covered in um, awesome quotes from my wife and colour and life, and between that and all the dr- pretty drawings from the kids, it's, there's not much spare space. And um, she loves it when I bring home a phone bill or something, stick it right on the middle. <laughs> not really. But this magnet here was given to me by my mum um, towards the end of my uh, high school, um, just as I was stepping into the real world, I suppose, and becoming a young man. And on this magnet is a powerful scripture, which at the time I wasn't following Jesus. I was just, um, and I I knew Wolf God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And this magnet, um, the scripture on this magnet actually sticks with me today. And it's something I go to um, nearly every day. And I I didn't know at the time it had a powerful scripture on it, which is a scripture I go throughout life today. I used to take this magnet with me to job interviews, and it was considered my lucky charm. And um, I suppose you could say, looking back now uh, and understanding that God's word is alive, and even though I didn't follow him, he he had power and he had a purpose and plan for me. And that scripture is Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. I know that um, when we don't, when we take our eyes and trust away from Jesus and stop following him, our lives can end up in a deathly spiral spin. And I've actually got a video here. Um, when you learn to fly, this is one of the situations they put you in, which is a spin. And it's for two reasons. One, to give you confidence if you're ever in this position. God forbid that you ever are, and two, to trust on the instruments because your mind can tell you different things and it's only the instruments which is going to get you out of this. And this resembles our lives today when we take our eyes off Jesus. We can end up in one of those deathly spiral spins. I remember when I first started going to church, um, it was a real spiritual battle and a testing time for myself and, and my family. I was sort of one foot in and one foot out. And it's because the devil will do all he can to keep you away from God's good and God's, God's truth, you know. Like, he is not nice at all, that guy. And it was a real battle to surrender my whole heart to the Lord and put my whole trust in him. Come Sunday, it, it's awesome, you know, because God's word is alive and it would, it would just hit me hard. But Monday through to Saturday, I'll just slip back into my old, old ways. And I knew church was good for me. I knew it was good for my family. But I just didn't want to surrender my whole heart to Jesus and what, what he had planned for me, not what I had planned for myself. Um, I, I wasn't willing to surrender my whole heart and put my full trust in God's perfect plan. 
my decisions I was making, we're talking about legacies and decision I was, decisions I was making, I was just becoming another separation state within my family, which is at the time, like, I didn't, I didn't really know about God and what, what his worth was for me. And the last couple of weeks we've been talking about leaving a legacy and it was up to me. Like, that's how forgiving and gracious our God is. He gave me a choice to follow him. I didn't, he didn't say, like, he's always been there, you know, and he said, come follow me, but I'm like, nah. It's sort of like that token New South Wales, Queensland photo you take at the border, you know. Um, and, and my old life was spiralling out of control, you know, like I was heading into a deathly spiral and because I wasn't giving him my full trust and my full heart and um, I didn't acknowledge him as my saviour. In Colossians 3 verse 2, it says, Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth, the things that are going to derail you. I had to make a decision. I, t- I had tasted and seen that salt, that it was good for me, you know, like Jesus is good. He is the answer. He is the way. And I had to make a choice following Jesus. I needed to set my eyes on him, and which is where you find true freedom. We need to choose to follow Jesus and not be a fan on the sideline and just clap him on, you know, like we know he's done awesome things, but we actually need to follow him and step over that line like what Pastor Jono was saying earlier. Um, we needed to give, I need to give him my full heart and stop trying to do it in my own strength. Let me tell you, like Pastor Jono was mentioning before, nothing is too big or great for our God. Like he is, he is above everything. Just like David and Goliath, you know, that little boy, he smashed that big giant, you know. And we put all our trust and hope in him. His plans are always greater than what we could try and do in our own strength. I just want to leave you. Where are the areas in your life that are restricting you from stepping over that line? Let's not be mediocre and let's not be lukewarm. Let's fully follow Jesus and all he has planned for us, you know. What are those areas, what are those wars up, those spiritual wars which are restricting us from following him and not giving him our full heart? The Lord doesn't always let us in on what he's doing. And that's where trust fills in the gap. When we don't understand, we must choose to trust the Father, no matter what, with all our hearts. Even when we don't always understand what's going on, he's created us for his perfect plan and purpose, and he holds our every moment in his hands. That's where that trust comes from. We need to stand firm and be renewed daily in God's word and keep our eyes set on him. Acknowledge him and forever be thankful for where he has brought us and where he's taking us. You know, we're not just going to stay here. I'll just leave you with this little prayer. Romans 15 verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, guys. I just invite awesome Kate up. Well done, Hi everyone, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Kate. I've been married to Brent for five years and have two beautiful girls. There we are there. (laughs) So um, let me take you on a journey. So this time last year, I just put the girls to bed for the night. I sat down on the couch with my tea and my chocolate and some Netflix. (laughs) You know what it's like, mums. So at the time, I was a non-Christian this time last year. And I was really into this show. It was about a powerful African-American dynasty and the huge, sprawling megachurch in Tennessee. And in this episode, the pastor's wife was holding a women's conference and she was actually speaking on fear of the Lord. Now, let's backtrack a little bit further. Fear of the Lord, that term was such a huge roadblock for me becoming a Christian. I knew there was a God power, but I feared what I didn't understand. 
And I wasn't interested in starting a relationship with someone where fear was the expectation and the outcome. So back to the episode. The way she described the term fear of the Lord, it really stuck with me. It just clicked in my mind. I actually rewound it again and again just to make sure I'd heard it right. And this is what it was. Um, Fear of the Lord, to have a reverential awe of God. This fear is not terror. It is a deep respect for a God that is so majestic. The literal translation of one to be feared is awesome, as in it inspires awe. Other related words are wonder and amazement. I'd felt that wonder and amazement staring at my beautiful newborn baby girls and their intricate beauty. And I'd felt that awe watching a powerful storm race across the ocean towards me. I knew that there was a power beyond what man can see and comprehend. Proverbs 2.5 says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I understood. I knew that if this is who God is and this is what he does, then that is where I want to be. Where I saw an opportunity for Netflix, God saw an opportunity for a revelation. (laughs) Isn't he amazing? (laughs) As you can see from this example, though, when you surrender to fear, it restricts your potential and creates resistance. We hold back our hearts for fear that we will be hurt. We hold back our kindness for fear that it won't be reciprocated. We hold back our generosity for fear that we won't have enough. And we hold back our gifts and our talents for fear that we won't be enough. But by holding back on these things in fear, we miss out on the opportunity to experience love, kindness, abundance and purpose. So I want you to all close your eyes for a second. I can see you. Close them. (laughs) Imagine a life without fear. What would you do? Who would you be? What would you say? This is exactly what God has intended for us. In 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So now that we know it's not intended for us to feel worldly fear, what do we do when we do feel it? Let's find out. Matthew 11.28-30 to 30 shows us. Then Jesus said, Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Here Jesus says, come to him with our burdens. I love this verse too, because it's not expected that we put our heavy burden down, have a little breather, and then when we're feeling better, we hoik it back up and be on our way. No, no. He completely removes our heavy burdens from us and replaces it with one that is easy to bear. So rather than surrendering to fear, we need to surrender our fear to God. But how? Philippians 4, 6-7 shows us. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. So what do we do? We pray. We surrender our fears to God through prayer. And not only do we have the opportunity to give our fear away, he will then replace it with peace. Peace no matter what you are going through. Peace that covers more, lasts longer and penetrates deeper than what we could ever understand. 
what we can also see in this verse and what we really need to understand is that it is up to us to make the first move in surrendering so that then he can take over. But that's not all, folks. <laughs> that's not the limit for what God wants for you. He just doesn't want to make you feel better where you are. He wants you to be freed from the shackles of fear so he can lift you up to the next level that he has planned for you. We can see this in Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Isn't that amazing that he wants to do so much with us? Three things jump out at me from this. One, he is more than able to carry his plans to completion, unlike us in our little botched backyard DIY jobs. Anyone? Yes, I know you've got them. (laughs) Two, God's plans are way better than ours. Put your hand up if you want your plans written by the same person who created heaven and earth. Yep, amen. But here's the key. Number three, again, we have to surrender and not fight against what his power is trying to do within and through us even when we don't understand. We don't want to be the one to put the handbrake on our own potential. That's No. (laughs) Come on, guys. So what will you do? I challenge you today. Search your heart for any worry or fear. Is there something that you are still trying to accomplish in your own power? What's that one thing that you haven't completely surrendered to God? What Are you holding on to any limitations? Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling resistance in something? And now it is up to you. Will you take your first step away from here and then just keep on walking in your own power? Or will you take your first step towards God and surrender all limitations, all fear and all resistance so that he can allow his mighty power to work through you? Psalm 73, 24 says, You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. I wonder, will you surrender your fear for your destiny and legacy today? Thank you. I'd like to introduce Emma up to the stage. Awesome. So good. Give it up again for Jimmy and Kate. How awesome were they this morning? So good to be hearing from some friends in church. Um, I'm so excited to also be sharing with you this morning. And I guess I have a pretty simple message Um, but I really hope that it's going to be really encouraging to you this morning and um, I'm a bit nervous so I just brought this along um, just in case. This really helps me with fear. No, (laughs) I'm totally joking. Um, I, (laughs) it's full, it's still closed. I have not had anything to drink this morning, I can assure you. I actually want to talk to you this morning about a very, very spiritual wine called faith. Um, And your faith and my faith, um, all of our faith does not happen easily um, and it does not happen quickly. It's a process, but I want to tell you this morning that the winemaker, our God, he loves good wine. In fact, Jesus' very first miracle was at a wedding where he turned water into not just any wine, not just cheap wine, but like top-notch wine. Um, And so I promise this is biblical this morning that God does like good wine and I will explain as we go through. Um... Not only does he love really good wine, but he knows that when it comes to our faith, really good wine is made in the vineyard. The rest of the process is in the pressing. And so those are actually the two things that I want to talk really quickly with you about this morning is the vineyard and the pressing. Interestingly, great wines come from vineyards. And some of you might know this. I'm not a wine expert by any means, so I actually hope this is correct. But my research said that great wines come from vineyards planted in marginal climates 
in the poorest soils. Though, and it says, though hard on the vines, these tough conditions are good for the wine because the vines that are strained must work harder to produce fruit, which leads to fewer but more concentrated and flavorful grapes. By contrast, the vines used for bulk wines have it really easy. They're planted in fertile soils that are ideal climates. Um, Such regions are great for producing tonnes of grapes to fill up the bulk fermentation tanks, but not at all great for producing the complex, intense flavours needed to make great wine. Are we following so far? Okay, so I love this paradox in nature. Strained vines produce good wines as it reflects a really, really close truth as to how God, our winemaker, produces rich, complex, intense faith in his people. Tough conditions produce the best faith. There's three amazing men in the New Testament, Paul, James and Peter, and they actually all, they all got this. And when, in some of their writings, they all talk about this. But this morning, I'm just going to focus on the book of James. So we're just going to look at a few verses from um, James chapter 1. So the first verse that we're going to look at is James 1, 2 to 4. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and lacking nothing. I really felt God prompting me this morning just to speak on this because I feel like there is so many people and I'm going to really try not to cry this morning, okay, and get emotional on you because it happens every single time. I'm being coming known for that. Um, I really felt God prompting me to really speak on trials this morning and what he's going to do in, in, through these trials in producing a good, rich faith in us in Tweed Coast Church. Because there's so many people in this church that from the beginning of the year to now have been through the absolute thicker things. And so many of us in this community have been through so many things and tried and tested like never before. With all kinds of circumstances, there's been people here that have had sickness like months of it. I mean like back-to-back months of it since the beginning of the year. We've had families here that have had kids having really difficult times at school. We've had loved ones and children away from the Lord that people are still praying for. We've had cancer. We've had other serious illnesses. We've had broken relationships, miscarriages. There's been persecution in people's workplaces, just tough workplaces altogether. The waiting and patience, and this isn't so much a trial, but it still is a test for you when it comes to your faith. The trial and test of even just being single but not wanting to, wanting to find that special person. The trials and testing of becoming parents for the first time. Financial trials, internal trials, mental, physical, spiritual. We've all been through the thick of it this year, I feel. And Jesus does promise that we're going to, I promise this is going to get better, okay? It's not all doom and gloom. Jesus does promise us that we're going to have troubles in this world as we live in a broken world and it's hard and the unbeliever or a person who doesn't necessarily believe in God they'll see this as punishment or karma or that you've done something and that's why that you're getting treated like this or that there's just no rhyme and reason to it at all and that you've just got to get through it and you've just got to get on with it and a lot of times to the unbeliever or someone that doesn't understand God's ways when you go through trials and you go through things like this the automatic reaction even physically our bodies everything that we do we actually get harder we get bitter, we get tougher, and we actually, we do, like what these guys were talking about before, we start putting up these walls. And that's how most people would respond. Just as a person that doesn't understand the way that vines grow and the way that wine works would look at barren land, at poor conditions, and say nothing, nothing's going to grow there. Yet God looks at the tough, the marginal, and harsh conditions and says that's where the best vines do grow. 
You only have to go through the Bible and read the stories. I mean, you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12 where it talks about the heroes of our faith. Those guys were not planted in fertile ground. These guys were planted in the toughest of conditions and yet they are listed as the heroes of our faith. And James tells us, he says, consider it pure joy. Why? Sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? Maybe he was on the good stuff. (laughs) But... As Romans 8.28 reminds us, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who have now been called according to his purpose. And that's me and that's you. Not only that, but Philippians 4.19 assures us that he is going to meet every one of our real needs as we go through these trials. So as a follower of Christ, our suffering, our trials, our straining, it's actually not without reason and it's not without purpose. It's simply that tough conditions produce the best faith. And this process, I believe, as we become more mindful, and it actually is, it's taking a step back and actually not just going with the flow and riding the bumps and the humps, but actually being mindful of the process that God is taking you through and actually searching him in that. And we're gonna, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I'm going to get to that in a moment with the pressing. But it's being mindful of this process of what God is doing in us through these times means that we can share in James's feeling of pure joy regardless of our circumstances. So what is God doing in these times? God so clearly spoke to me and to encourage his people this morning that he was doing something incredible in this church. It's not by accident and it's not, by, it's not for no reason that people here are being tested and trialed. He is in, with us in the vineyard and he is producing a rich, rich wine in this group of people. A faith that is fierce. Oh, this gets me going. A faith that is fierce because my, oh man, some of my closest friends are going through the toughest things. And, but he is doing something incredible. It's not by accident. He's raising up a people. He's producing a wine in this group of people that has got a faith that is going to be fierce, rich, concentrated and full of flavor. And he is... Um, squeezing, pressing and refining a group of people to reflect even more the image of God and the person of Jesus Christ in this community. In fact, the late Billy Graham came to this, this was his ultimate conclusion as he approached the end of his life. I was reading an article and he said, I've searched this question and I've heard sermons, I've heard all these things, but I've come to this conclusion as I come to the end of my life. That God's purpose, once we have been saved, as um, Kate was saying before, that's not it. God doesn't leave us there. It's not just salvation. Once we have been saved, God's purpose for his people is to become like Christ. For Christ-likeness is the will of God for the people of God. Romans 8.29 says that God had predestined his people to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And that doesn't happen easily. It's a process. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God's chief goal in taking us through trials is to make us look more and more like Jesus. And I want to say, like, sign me up. If that's what this is for, if that's what we are facing all of this for, is to look more like Jesus and be more of a light to this community, then I get it. I understand why James says, consider it pure joy. Because that's what our purpose here on earth is. Our ultimate purpose is to reflect the glory and the goodness of Jesus Christ here on earth. And just to quickly go through the second part of making good wine, the pressing. If we continue to read the first chapter, and I'm going to just go through this quite quickly, but if we continue to read the first chapter in the book of James, we see that in verse 5, James says, If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. This verse is referring exactly to the trials that he just mentioned in 2 to 4. 
says, if any of you are lacking wisdom into regard, in regards to what you have been through or are going through, press into the winemaker. In the pressing, you will not just acquire information. And this is actually the definition that my study Bible gave me for wisdom. It said, but you will be given practical insight with spiritual implications. This is the wisdom that's available to us through the Holy Spirit. It's very easy to go through hard times and not to think much more of them than that. But I want to tell you this morning, if that's you, press into God. Ask him, be specific. God, what have you done in me? What have you done in my heart? What have you stripped off me to make me more like you? I might get the band to come up as well, guys. How have you made me to look more like your son? Don't let me think, God, that that season that I've been through, that what I've been through was in vain, God. What's the result? Be specific. I know you've worked it all for the good of you, God, all the, for the good of your kingdom. How? What are you doing in me? Search him and be specific. Specific. Sorry. I've done it and I've asked God time and time again and I shared with you a little while ago, you know, when I had my miscarriages before I had my daughter, he revealed to me a new compassion in my heart that was never there in the past. He softened my heart where it was probably pretty hard and he deepened my trust in him. Time and time again, he's reminded me through different trials that I've been through that it's only in him that I should be trying to please, not man. And you know, and there's lots of other things in my life, but I'm in a season now where I'm working in a really secular environment. And again, when I press into God and I say, God, why? Why have you got me here? Why have you got me in this challenging place? I know that he is making me more courageous than I've ever been. And I know that any fear that I have about proclaiming Jesus and proclaiming Jesus' name, that he is just... He's just knocking that out the window and he's knocking that out of me. And I can see in everything I've been through, but it's only through the pressing. It's only, we can, we can walk blindly through and go through suffering and go through trials and not really ever find any purpose or meaning to it. But God says, he says, ask me if you lack wisdom in regards to what you're going through, press into me and I'm going to reveal to you exactly what I'm doing in your heart and in your life, because I want you to reflect my son in this place and to the world. He's doing something incredible in the people here in Tweed Coast Church. I just know it. I don't have a doubt about it. And so as I just finish up this morning, I actually just want you all to stand to your feet across this place. And I'm just going to read out. We've been um, singing, and I love it, singing a new one of the songs from um, the New Hillsong album, New Wine. And I just felt so encouraged by that song. And... Um, We're going to worship in a moment. And I know there's people in this place that need to press into God and need to ask God specifically, what have you done in me, God? What are you doing in me? Why did you take me through that? Why have I gone through that? Why am I going through this? And so I'm going to give you time in a moment. First, I'm going to just, I want to, I'm just going to read out these scriptures and I want you just to close your eyes, raise your hands, lift your hands. You do whatever you need to do, bow down. You do whatever you need to do at the lawn. And then as we worship, If you really want to hear from God and you really need fresh revelation and fresh wisdom from God, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands as we worship today. And if there's anyone around you, would you just lay your hands and pray for them for this, for wisdom? In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me 
Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.